welcome to another tantalizing episode of Security Views Radio, the only cybersecurity podcast worthy of wielding Mjolnir. I am one half of your host, Adam Slater, and with me as always is John. John, how are you doing? They could not come up with a, 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 a stronger sounding name for uh, a God's tool. Like, what's the, what's the genesis of that? Mjolnir is actually like Thor Thors from from myth. That that is like the actual oh. name of his hammer. Oh. Yeah. I don't I don't think it lets him fly, but um, But they replace it later with the you know. He gets the axe, he gets Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Yeah. No, that's cool. So they fixed the name long term. They realized <laughs> it was a bad name to start and then they fixed it. I, I don't I like Mjolnir. It's it's it sounds fun, but Felton, how are you? Hey, hey, you're back on the Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'm back on the Mountain Dew. I'm sorry. <laughs> now how that the did, paleo uh, How did your how did your challenge go? You you know, we all did a paleo challenge here. How'd that go yeah. for you? Um you know uh I did as best as I could, uh, but you and I know this, um, because we, we traveled together um last week. Um, it is basically impossible to eat paleo or any of any of those kinds of like low carb, high fat, um, non-processed food diets when you're traveling. It's basically impossible to do. Um, I didn't look at it as a low carb. I looked at it as a no grain, no sugar. There are so carbs. There's plenty of carbs you can eat. That's true. That's true. I think I think you were doing more of a keto thing, though, right? I, I, yeah, and I think that that's partially just because I did keto um, for a while in the past, so um, it was easier for me to sort of slip back into that. I did not do as well as I wanted to. Um, I had a little bit too – I had too many um, slip-ups and, oh, just this once, um, I think, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy for the discipline of it. Um, but I'm not. I don't want to do that long term. Um, but I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna be keeping some of those, like, some of those tactics and some of those, um, some of those methods uh, that we picked up um, from doing it. So, so that 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 that's the good part of it. You you on the other hand loved that loved this thing. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I. I mean, never say never, but we're definitely um, uh, planning on sticking with it. Uh, yeah, for a ve- for a very long time, we felt that it was uh, it was good. Uh, we liked the results. Um, we liked the discipline of it. Um, and I, I just think that you know, there's different. It, as you get older, I have found it, you have to. You, if you focus just on a number on a scale, I think mm-hmm. you're missing the point of health. So yeah, I agree. We look at it as a health thing. You cannot possibly be a health benefit to drinking red 40 right there cannot right. possibly be a benefit to eating you know yellow five there just right. can't be. it's not a natural substance so um looking at food differently i think is what that diet shows you and i think it changes your relationship with food yeah well it's it's you know just to to go back to your point um i am heavier um since we started the paleo challenge mm. 
And, 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 and if you, again, if you just look at the number on the scale, you're missing the point because you dive into that a little bit. Well, no, I gained muscle mass. Like I gained more muscle mass than I lost fat. So yeah, my number went up, but you know, in, 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 in my particular case, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, I don't I, know. I don't know my results yet. I get those after we record today. Um, oh, okay. Um, I, I will find out then, but I do think I know the winner overall winner. Um, so cool. These are categories. So there's, there's weight loss, but then there's muscle growth. So cool. Yeah, so, I, um, I I had weight loss, but I did not have any muscle growth. Um, I, I lost about two pounds of muscle mass. Oh no. Yeah. I, I, but you lost more weight than that, right? Yeah, yeah. I lost about four. I think it's about four, four point five pounds total. No, it's good. I mean, any weight loss, usually a uh, scale weight loss, uh, involves some muscle loss if you're not working out. So that would be normal. Yeah. Your body would normally shed muscle and fat at a percentage. So. Yeah. The. Benefit that I, I want to get for and this topic that we've talked about here a lot is just mental health in cybersecurity and mental health in high stress jobs. You know, it's a, yeah. one of those we, we work in a world where we have to respond to incidents. Uh, we had several ransomware incidents, you know, spin up lately at our mm -hmm. client sites and we're hoping to respond to those um, as part of our incident response services. And, you know, that can you got a lot of of emotions happening all at the same time yeah uh you've got clients who are very stressed out about seeing their business shutter uh, temporarily hopefully in most cases you see um people can't work you see normal operations not be able to pass you keep computers not work you got networks that don't function like there's a lot happening there mm -hmm. and um it's very common to blame the person helping you uh, yeah. it's like when you get mad at your doctor for your heart trouble, like, come on, doc, I don't understand. I work out every day and I eat just because I drink a 12 pack a night. Shouldn't make a difference. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, don't do that. But the, it's, it's, it's a very, very high stressful uh, situation. So I, I look at these things as like ways to help control that, even out your emotions a little bit. Of course, you're going to have spin ups as they say in the cycling world, but you really want to lull into nice flat roads from time to time. So yeah, I definitely appreciated the um the the discipline and the and just like you said, paying attention to what you eat and um trying to put food in its place. Uh, as far as stress is concerned, yeah, there's definitely like with the way things have been going for the last year, you can stress eat, you know, and end up packing on a lot of pounds. And I think whether it's a, a physical challenge or a health challenge um, or a paleo challenge, I, I think it definitely helps um, to kind of focus your mind a little bit and kind of just get you to to to, to look at food a different way. Or, or And I, I think that was probably the biggest benefit. I would not do paleo 24-7, <laughs> but I will take um, some of what I've learned, um, whether it's just reducing some of the, some of, you know, my carbs or some grains, um, you know, two or three times a week, or, or just saying, you know, nah, I'm gonna pass on that on this, you know, on a certain dish. 
um, I, I think they'll definitely have long-term benefits. Uh, but when, yeah, um, but when she was like, are you going to keep doing this? I was like, no, I'm going to Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're definitely going to stick with the 80-20. Um, yeah. On it. We've already done the math. We did the math before this, so we know what that looks like. Um, so, and I think if you if you focus on some kind of target number, you can get into a range. If you're heading on vacation, maybe you just, you, you know, you go several weeks without it. Cheating, you go several weeks after, and then you can kind of enjoy yourself and then get back to normal. I think it's a good flush diet. I think it's a terrific option. I just don't know. I hear most people say, like, I'm going to keep some of it, like you guys said. I just don't know how you guys know what you should keep and what you shouldn't. And I guess you just have to really be good about A-B testing if you're going to add something yeah. back, like people who deal with arthritis or joint pain or whatever, and it's gone away. Then you start adding stuff back. If you're not diligent about how you add something back, that pain's going to come back. So, well, anyway, I, I, I just recommend it from a mental health perspective. Uh, I do recommend it. So, yeah. it's good to have guard guardrails in your life. I think too. I, yeah. I was at I was at having uh, I was at a meeting yesterday and I was talking to somebody and um, we're talking about you know you know drinking and and he kind of told me what he drank every night and I was like you drink what every night I'm like huh. Like, mm -hmm. isn't a problem for you? Like, it just was really concerning to me. Like, that's what he was drinking at night. Mm -hmm. And I came home and I was talking to my wife about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty common, that level. And I'm like, that just is not, there's no way that can be good. There's just no yeah. way that daily alcohol can be a good idea. But to that level, should not be. Should not be. You're going to give your liver a day off, man. <laughs> You only got one of those. Um, we were talking the other day um, about this increase in sub subscription services. Remember this? We were talking about the yeah. toothbrushes and toothpaste. And yeah. Um, is there a thing that exists today that they don't want you to sign up for, or give information to, and then become a subscription plan? Like, is there anything in this world <laughs> that, that's left that can it's just pay as you go? Like, you can probably get sub subscription milk and cheese delivered <laughs> to your house or something. Like, like the old milkman days, we brought it back. <laughs> I mean, they're doing it now with the food. As far as you know, they have all these different services. They'll buy, you know, you don't even have to go grocery shopping. They'll just send you a box of random food. Like once every two weeks or something, it's filled with yeah, like the Hello Fresh and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, fruits and, and pretty much everything you need to to eat a few meals. But yeah, over time, it it just seems like it's not sustainable. I swear this model came from the tech industry, though. I mean, we started to figure out in tech industry how to put everything on a subscription. So I yeah. think it's born, it, it born of that. Um, I mean, people buy like. Sub subscription email packages they buy subscription well firewall subscriptions have existed for years but but they're looking for every single thing now desktop support is a subscription now so yeah i think some of it makes sense some of it doesn't but i, I heard the other day about one company um charging uh to manage a certain aspect of the network it doesn't matter what it is but i was like yeah you don't really manage that that's just sort of like you set it up and then it just you know whatever. <laughs> changes like you know right. manage ongoing they're charging you for that <laughs> yeah. don't tell anyone <laughs> it's 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 one of those things where i wonder i i wonder if 
it's a boom bust sit, uh, situation or if this is actually like long term the way things are going to go like i think i think you see it you know like you see this kind of stuff pop up in different industries and in different um business models of you know hey um I, I, uh, we talked about streaming services too like um i don't know i think we've you know talked about it sort of in our our pre-show banter stuff that like um, everyone loved Netflix because it was 10 bucks a month and you got everything you needed and then you get Hulu and then you get Disney plus you get HBO Mac, you know what I mean? You get all these different services and all of a sudden you're spending a hundred dollars a month for subscription services online. And I think what ends up happening is, and, and I think you're already seeing it. Um, you see all of a sudden it's like, well, Hey, look, you know, um, those, those platforms are going to start collapsing because, no one wants to have 20 different subscriptions that they're managing for different, you know, different shows and stuff like that. So um, the the general subscription model, I, I, I know, John, what you're saying with 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 it sort of, ta- you know, feel feeling like a lot of its genesis is from the tech industry. But, um, you know, I don't I don't I don't need T-shirts on a subscription I, like I'm good. Like I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need subscription underwear services. I, like it's just, I'll just buy new underwear when I need it. It's fine. Um, I, I think that the people often refer to that as cutting the cord, right? Like you know, getting rid of cutting it. And I gotta be honest with you, like go look at cable prices. It's probably cheaper than what you're paying for a lot of these these stack services. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it feels cheaper because you know one service will be nine ninety nine. So you're like, okay, I'm saving money, but yeah, when you sit back and do an audit of how many services you have or how many subscriptions you have, yeah, you end up yeah spending 100, 120 bucks. So yeah, you kind of have to do an audit every now and then, and be like, I mean, am I really saving money over the long term? Um, and then you have to think, how many different services am I going to give my personal information to? Um, instead of you know with a cable bill, you just give it to the cable bill, but now you're giving your information to eight nine 12 different services yeah every month to have a transaction right and, and it's it's so I, I i always took like umbrage with the idea of cutting the cord and people being you know and you know there's a difference in saying i don't have cable and i don't have t i don't watch tv um and i would meet people like that like oh i don't watch tv like oh okay well, what do you do oh you know i like netflix okay that's tv like <laughs> Just just because you're not picking up a remote control and and flipping to channel ten or whatever doesn't mean you're not watching TV. <laughs> you but, say you get the cord, but you actually add like twelve more cords, right, <laughs> <laughs> to your wallet, to your bank account. Yeah. And you're like you're cutting the cord. That's it. They're not gonna have me anymore. I'm like, right. <laughs> you know, some of it feels a little scammy to me. Like you pay. I don't want to say scammy, try not the right word, but um, like you, for like Hulu, for example, right? It's like five bucks a month. But then, for but but you still have to get ads. But then if you right. spend more, you get yeah. no ads, right? They're yeah. trying to sell you up. They move the, Netflix now, has never had ads, even in their lower plans. They just changed the uh, what's it, the streaming quality. Yeah. The the thing that 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 really bothered me about Hulu is that they did that. They had that thing where, hey, you can have Hulu for three bucks and it's got ads, or you pay 10 bucks and it doesn't have ads. 
And they did that. And then they started putting ads in the $10 tier and or whatever the number was and then introduced another higher tier that didn't have ads. And I was like, what the, what are you people doing? Like that was that was really scummy. That that was scummy to me, but um it was a very weird yeah, roundabout way to just raising the price of your subscription service. So. Yeah, you have like your silver level, your gold level. <laughs> and then it's like your platinum level. They just right. started looking for different your, your titanium levels. Like they just keep buying <laughs> different. <laughs> what was the uh was it wasn't prime like $79 when it started? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was set like $69 or $79 now. And now it's like over $100, right? $120 or something like that. I don't pay oh, for it. Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah. No. Which I don't know. I, I I thought the seventy nine dollars. I was like, that's that's so expensive. How could anyone do that? And then uh, I started breaking down Netflix by month and times it by twelve. And I was like, wait, I'm actually paying more for Netflix. Is there anything good on Prime TV though? Yeah, they have a few good shows. They they actually do. Um, they they're, they're coming out with more content. I I think the the one positive about subscription based is. Well, if you can cancel it any time. So say if you're watching Hulu and you're like, eh, I don't want to pay for it next month, you can just cancel it. And then if they have a new show that comes out or a new uh, season that comes out three months from now, you can just sign on and binge it and then uh, stop again. So that's the one benefit of the subscription model versus, you know, paying for cable for 12 months straight. So there's um, talk of the NBA introducing uh, mid-season tournament and without getting into the, the weeds of what that is just think european soccer you know they're always involved in a tournament right there's always something going on the, sure. the, the commissioner of the nba is a huge soccer fan so anyway there's talk of this mid-season tournament taking place and the talk is that it will be exclusively on prime mm. So I, I th you could start to see deals cut like that. I would be curious if they if they did it. I know there was a story felt years ago. It was a big story because ESPN took over Monday Night Football, mm -hmm. and they paid a lot of money to, for the rights to that. And that was a really big story because they're like, well, cable's finally reached a point where it can sustain enough people. I, I don't know that I agree with that PR piece of crap. I just wonder if you know, the main channels we're looking at, like, we, we're not going to carry this anymore. You wouldn't cut your viewership like that. No, no, that's, that's strictly, that, that's strictly a business decision. And it's like, they pay CBS and Fox, they pay a ridiculous amount of money. And they're like, wait, you want us to pay more for it? No, no, we're not going to let ESPN have that. ESPN threw a rack of money at them for Monday night. And I don't think they ever actually made money off of it um because they paid so much for it and yeah it's only in so many households so there was it's it, it, the math didn't really add up um and it frustrated it, a lot of it, you it's all owned by disney right so abc who had monday night football yeah. just basically moved it to espn but to me that says they moved it off of abc yeah exactly and it's frustrating. You're like, wait, I have to have cable in order to, I have to have ESPN in order to watch a game? Like, yeah. And I think ESPN adds 3 to $5 to the average cable bill? Probably more than that. <laughs> it's probably like $10 now. 
Yeah, I, I, I know the um, Prime does, they have a deal with, I think it's Thursday Night Football now. So so that's actually going to be on Prime now. Um, Is it like on the NFL Network and Prime or just Prime? Um, that I'm not sure of. Um, but I, I think moving forward, I'm pretty sure it's strictly on Prime. Um, yeah, so people are rumbling about that as well. Like, I, so I have to pay, you know, seventy nine, not even $79, $109 to be able to watch, you know, Thursday Night Football. Yes, I won't watch Thursday Night Football. Yeah. What do you guys it, think about the movies coming out straight to rent for, like, uh, it was big during a pandemic. D- Disney was putting stuff out that you could get at home for like forty bucks. Yeah, it was like in the it was like in the three three movie theaters in North Dakota that were open, and then you could rent it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked to Adam, and I was like, "They want thirty dollars. That's ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to pay thirty dollars." And Adam was like, "If you're a family of four, and you go to a movie theater, how much are you going to pay?" Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like. Yeah. Uh, touche okay yeah I, <laughs> I still i still believe in the theater experience for a lot of things um and like i do uh like watching my movies in a movie theater um but there's there's also a tier of film that comes out that i'm like i want to see this i don't need to be in the movie theater to see this movie like mm-hmm. you know um Christopher Nolan can talk all about all all how he wants about how every movie should be in a movie theater and you don't really experience it unless you're in a movie theater. He can say that all he wants, but look, it's, there's some movies I just I, I don't need to be in a movie theater for. Like I've got a big TV at home, I've got a nice sound bar at home, I, I have my own snacks at home. Um, I don't have people yelling in the theater right. at home. So you have a bathroom. I got a bathroom. I don't have other people on their phone. Um, and the so, best thing is you can pause the movie to use the bathroom and come back mm-hmm. not miss a thing <laughs> but no yeah i i understand like i understand that they kind of did it like um because they had to um because otherwise you just had all these movies that are just sitting there not doing anything and and this was sort of like a test run i think it was uh it was movies that like like disney put out that live action mulan movie but didn't put out Black Widow. Like Black Widow was supposed to be out over a year ago in theaters. And the thing is, is Disney knows, no, we can hold on to Black Widow because people will pay more money to go see it in the movie theater. Um, we're not necessarily going to get as many people to pay to see Mulan in a movie theater. So that's like a, you know, like that's a calculated, like they know what movies they're putting out in the theater and which ones they're not. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of okay with it either way. So. So, Adam, let me get your take on this. This is this increased number of stories out there this week. And, and we can co- talk about the ransomware as well, because I know that's been a big story lately. Uh, but yeah. The increased number of uh, employee files being stolen. So just kind of wanted to get your read on these stories. Yeah, I – you know, I, I I I've been seeing that too. I think it's I think it's really it's indicative of where I think a lot of people's headspace is at, and it's something that that we've we've had a challenge 
we, we have found as a challenge is getting organizations to understand organizations of all sizes to understand that just because they're not a fortune 500 company doesn't mean that they're not a target for these kinds of attacks. Right. And, um, you know, we, we, we've talked about it before. I don't know if, if this has been on air and if it has been whatever, we're like 30 some odd episodes in, I don't remember everything we've ever spoken about, but, um, you know, you don't wake up one morning and decide you're going to go play major league baseball. Like you can't, you can't just do that. Like it's a, like you have to work up to it. You have to, you have to practice and you have to get in these, on these farm teams and then you go, you know, double A, triple A, et cetera. Um, and hacking is the same way. Like it, it is a skill set. Being a scumbag is a skill set and you gotta, you gotta build up to that stuff. So you know, people don't wake up one morning and go, OK, I'm going to go crack, you know, hack into the colonial pipeline. That doesn't that doesn't just you don't just do that one morning. You work up to it. And because of that, I think one of the areas that a lot of organizations don't think about. Is not just protecting their network for the purpose of protecting their user for, for their their clients, but also protecting their employees, because um, a lot of times. Uh, that might be all that an attacker is really after. They're not necessarily after um, uh, the 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 users of an organization, the, the 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 clients of an organization. But you know, the amount of information that your employer has on you on file is, you know, they've got access to a lot of personal information. And um, you know, I think we're seeing a rise in these attacks. Um, targeting employee information because it's another area that's not as well protected, I don't think, especially in some of these smaller organizations. Do you think the lack is coming from lack of security training? Do you think it comes from just people being unaware or do you think it comes from just laziness? Um, I mean, I, I can't say for every single individual person, but I would guess for most people, it is it is a mix of of all three in in different in different proportions. Um, you know, I, I heard a statement one time that I, I cannot get out of my head, and I'm going to um, I'm going to pull a, a substitution in kind here, um, just mm-hmm. to just to to protect the uh, just to protect the guilty. Um, but it says if. I won't buy a security product if it won't sell another widget. Okay. So if it doesn't directly sell me another widget, I won't buy it. Interesting. Um, and my response was, well, it, it's not going to help you sell another one, but it'll make sure that you can keep selling them. At which yeah. point on deaf ears. I didn't have a better response at the time for it, but that was my response. I yeah. could not get through to this individual that what they were doing was is going to be fatal. And then you see like the UPMC um, thing this week, you know, 65,000 employee records lost. Right. You see companies being shut down. We saw the Colonial Pipeline. And I do think you can merge the ransomware story into this because I think it involves a general security posture and lack of security training that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. There's two aspects to security, right? So there's there's the, what we talk about on here a lot is we often will joke that maybe we should rename this to privacy privacy views radio just because we spend a lot of time on privacy. That but but 
believe it or not, folks, the whole thing about subscription services was to Felton's point was you're just giving your information in a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, so privacy is one aspect of it. But the other thing is you can't really maintain privacy with your employer. You really can't like you just have to give up a lot of information. Yeah, because you need health insurance, you need your bank account deposited every every couple couple weeks. You need you need your social security number and file for tax filings. Like they've got it all. And and yeah. if you have a family, they've got their information too through the group policy and the health insurance. So you can't really do that with your employer. But then when you see a a, a lack of security awareness with the people handling that. It's actually not IT department's fault if HR sends out employee information, if payroll sends out unencrypted information about that. You can't control that from a technical perspective. That ha- technology has to be adopted. Right. I mean, sure, you can build up more controls and more walls and you can more guardrails, more protection, blocks, blocks, blocks. But there's always going to be a way if somebody wants to get data out, they will get it out. Yeah. They were tethered to their phones. They will send it to their personal email address. They will get mm-hmm. that information out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. It has to be the spirit of the organization. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back to this and 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 some other things. Uh, there's something actually I'm kind of fired up about that John spoke that John touched on. So um, I want to dive into that. But uh, we will be back in just a couple minutes. Multi-factor authentication, SIM, crook, firewalls, deep packet inspection, penetration testing, 8021X, application control, IPS, IDS, not PETCHA, content filtering, WPA3. Cybersecurity is complicated, but we simplify it. Contact us at 888 888- 897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. Again, that's 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. Hello and welcome back to the second half of our episode today. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate it. John uh, touched on something um, uh, sort of in a roundabout way, and and I want to get into it. Um, uh, John, you sort of you sort of asked if it was a, a laziness, a lack of knowledge, or um, lack of funding, or something like that. Um, and uh, you 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 mentioned this uh, mentioned the Colonial Pipeline. And it's something that that's actually been bothering me a lot lately. And, you know, not just from a ransomware perspective, but um, what a lot of people might not know, um, because um, the Colonial Pipeline has done a very good job at uh, suppressing this news story, um, has leaked. Um, they had a, they had a leak in their pipeline, and actually in our like uh, near our office, very close to our office, um, there is a nature preserve, and the pipeline goes across it, which is you know it's that's a, that's a great idea. There's nothing nothing bad's ever happened because of that. Um, and uh, a total of 1.2 million gallons of fuel um, leaked out last year, and 
the reason that the, the reason that 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 I'm tying these two stories together is because this is the the colonial pipeline. It's the same one that got hit with the ransomware attack uh, a couple weeks ago. But last year, when the leak, when the actual fuel leak happened, uh, the the colonial pipeline people um, uh, did a self assessment and estimated that sixty three thousand gallons had. Um, leaked out into the um into this into this nature preserve um which 63,000 gallons is a lot however since then we have found out that the actual size of the spill is at least 1.2 million gallons the reason i bring the reason i'm bringing this up is that to me between the the leak and there's no way there. Sorry, there is. Let, let me enumerate on a point really quick. There is no way that you estimate that your estimate is that far off, right? Like you can't estimate. Oh yeah, sixty-three thousand, and it be an order of magnitude wrong. That is either complete and total incompetence, or it's evil. Those are the two options. And and I still don't know which it is with this ransomware thing, but to me, like to me, the 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 people that run that run this colonial like this is just pure. Again, it's either complete incompetence or they're evil and they just don't care. Um, and yeah, like like the 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 ransomware thing bothers me a lot, obviously because of what I do for a living, but it it bothers me even more. Because I know like this combined with this huge leak that they basically covered up and tried to suppress this story, like it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's just screaming like I don't know how we're not screaming off with their heads with these people at this point. And I and I understand, look, the people that, you know, actually um uh, you know, maintain the pipes and, 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 and move the fuel from point A to point B. I understand they're not, that's not the same group of people as the pe- group of people who do the, uh, the, the, the cybersecurity there, but clearly there is a, there is a, a general attitude with these people that, eh, we really don't care about anything other than making money. Um, like that's that's literally all all that it, that that they care about, and you know I, I I know that people have been talking a lot about this ransomware attack with them, and I think they ended up paying it, right? They ended up paying like the fifty million or something like that. Um, five million. Five million. I, I I'm a little lost maybe, and and how you tied that up. Um, I don't know how you're saying them misstating the leakage number would be more money i mean they still had to clean it all up i don't know what that would Uh, i i'm saying that i guess what i'm saying is is that there's that that is just evidence of a cover-up i think is what i'm getting at is that it's like how you can't be that wrong i guess is what i'm getting at like if if and if you are that wrong like genuinely that wrong you're completely incompetent and well, I so EPA stated the leakage. No, I I was under the impression that the initial estimate. Um, uh, I don't really 
care. I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to understand. I know the EPA is out there with. No, that. I. I I, I guess what I guess. I'm getting at is that it just it's just in in less than 12 months, this same organization has one of the biggest oil spills on American soil, works hard to cover that story up, and then they get hit with this ransomware. Like it's called karma, brother. Huh? It's called karma. <laughs> I guess I I I just I just way, uh, man. You got to send good signals out into the world, not not evil. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and I guess I just like, um, you know, I, there's there's like this. Not sympathetic, but like, oh, no, they got hit with ransomware. So, yeah, of course they got hit with ransomware. They're like completely ineffectual as an organization. I don't know. It's just what it's that that's from from my seat, from my perspective. That's what I see. It's not just like it's not just a failing of their their uh, IT team or their cybersecurity team, if they have one, um, this is a failing of like giving a crap <laughs> at, at, or, you know, um, and, and and I know we're seeing a whole lot more of, you know, this is, this is, I mean, it's, uh, th this isn't anything new for, for anyone that pays attention to cybersecurity, um, you know, but ransomware is just up across the board. Um, so we have a, it, so we have a client, uh, probably soon to be a next client, but, um, you know, uh, questing certain changes to their network. Mm -hmm. uh, these changes are a very bad idea. Yeah. Like, we're like, this is not something you should even remotely consider doing. But they're adamant about it, the, 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 to make these changes. Uh, the problem that we have in that position is we don't know the whole story or the rest of the story. But from our purview is that this is a really bad idea because mm -hmm. maybe they're not telling us the whole story. There's more to it. Mm -hmm. They're wanting us to do something as part of a grander plan, two steps back, ten steps forward. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it definitely can appear as somebody – I don't even know that negligence is the right word. Probably recklessness is, is a better word. Just it's a reckless behavior. It's like, well, even if you had other plans down the road, man, don't make these changes in the interim. Like this is a very bad idea. Sure. Those situations exist at companies all the time. It's possible somebody turned the pressure up on that pipeline that caused it to bust. I don't know. But I do know that um, – there was something in place that caused that ransomware incident to, to, to occur. I have heard it's because they didn't patch servers based off of publicly known knowledge that you should patch some exchange servers. Mm -hmm. I'm not quoting that, but it's what I understand this part could be possibly part of the issue there. Um, and so I really try as a human being now as I'm older to not like not I, I try to understand other people's motives and realize that I don't always have all the information. So what appears stupid to me may yeah. not be entirely the case. But um, I have to tell you, when you start to hear about stuff like that, you're like, I, I don't know what you were thinking. I mean, you were just straight up not following best practices. And every week that we do assessments, we see people not following best practices. Not all, but a good portion of, of our assessments are from not following best practices. A portion of those are are due to ignorance of the topic, which is completely yes. understandable. I mean, you've got yeah. to be I mean, IT people and cybersecurity people are not the same thing. They're not the same right. skill sets. So you're going to be ignorant, of course, just like I would be ignorant of 
how to build LDAP connections. Like it's that's not my that's not right. my thing. Sorry, LDAPS. LDAPS. Go ahead, LDAPS. Well, so, and 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 you know, the 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 people that are that are coming to an organization like ours to get a security assessment, they at least care, right? Yeah, anybody. And so that's yeah. it. we always say, like I now start off every assessment with like, listen, and there's no judgment here. This is just how we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you do what you want with the information, but this is what we saw. There may be reasons for this, and there often are, are there reasons or excuses for why something may exist, but we don't necessarily. Like I understand that that's the reason. But you have to understand you're accepting a risk if you leave it like that. Right. It just takes one of these risks to emerge themselves. Like, I don't know. You know, you can't. It, it, there might be reasons for something. There might be reasons why I'm out of shape. But that's I'm still accepting. I need to accept the fact and accept that risk. Right. Mm-hmm. By doing that. The same thing is true with assessments like Colonial knew of these issues. I, I I know of another situation where we, we alerted our clients to uh, another one of the exchange vulnerabilities. We're like, hey, you're you're guilty of this. You're going to have an issue if you don't patch it. And he was like, well, we're getting rid of that server soon. We don't need to do that right now. I'm like, well, how soon? Like, they're actively exploiting these things now, and you're sort of right. a high-value target. Like, you should really just go ahead and do that or shut it down today. Like, Soon, like, like within the hour or <laughs> do something with the information. You can't just bury it because there's a plan to not use it anymore. And that's often what we see in these situations is we see really outdated servers or applications and we bring it to the client center. Like, well, we only use that occasionally. I'm like, I understand that it's not your main go to anymore, but it sits on the same network as everything else, which means right. you're putting your organization at risk. It is a cancer on your network. And that's probably what happened at Kelowna. It's what happened to in a lot of these ransomware situations. It's some machine that had an excuse or that didn't get patched because years ago they had issues with a Microsoft update or because their application vendor says you're not allowed to patch, which is genius. Very common statement. And then these things go unpatched. Yeah, there definitely is. I want to talk. We don't ever talk about patching much out here, except you should patch your machines. You should patch your machines, by the way. It's not the end-all, be-all security, but you definitely should keep those things patched to prevent attackers from grabbing some low-hanging fruit. But there are very poor practices in this world of patching. There should be patching awards for clients who keep themselves patched because even in the IT business, you see very poor practices. You see excuse after excuse after excuse of why things should not be patched, and it drives me insane. It's like, what's the problem with it? Right. Test it on a few machines. If it doesn't work, roll it back. Like, figure it out or pressure the application vendor to fix themselves. There was a Mac update, uh, I think last fall, Adam, um, that came out. And when it came out, they're like, oh, no antivirus in the world works. It was, it was, it was uh, Big Sur, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, they've added security that broke all these AVs that were using some flaw or some change. And that, but it took months and months and months before they got that right. fixed. But you're trying to tell me they weren't involved in the early release beta programs to test their software? They just right. didn't do it. They just did. So they're like, the message was, don't update your machines. My kid's school says, hey, nobody can update their computers because it'll break this random application the kids have to use, you know, Quora or whatever it was. Right. Huh? 
Yeah. What kind of message does this send people? Don't pass because it'll break something that's not that important. Right. <laughs> right. I, what I would you rather have, get... AV or an uh, unpatched operating system? Right. Like, I'll take the operating system every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of goes to to Adam's point a little bit, or at least this is what I got from Adam's um, his comparison to the oil leak to the to um to the ransomware is if a company has to uh, assess or evaluate themselves they're usually going to give themselves positive marks they're not going to say yeah we're horrible at patch management or we're horrible at um you know updating our servers so if a company is like yeah 63,000 gallons and it's like no it was 1.2 million Imagine when they actually start getting breached or they start having, um, you know, issues with their firewall. If are they going to be like, we need to lock this down now? If they're like, man, it's okay, it's, it can wait, you know. And, and like you said, John, they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna stop using that machine soon. What's the definition of soon? H- how long is your soon? Is that still a year out? Yeah. Is that is that after this meeting? Like, yeah. It, it doesn't take that long. For someone to attack you so it, unless if you're going to pull it pull the plug on it today or tomorrow you should probably address that situation yeah and where's I, the project let me see the gantt chart let me see the date <laughs> <laughs> and, and and i think that to sort of expand on felton's expansion of what i was saying is that like um you know sometimes you hear this is like oh yeah well you know it's it's really hard to maintain however many thousands of miles of pipe um, that's transporting fuel. And it's like, yeah, you're right, it is. I don't it's it doesn't change it doesn't change the fact that you that you're doing it. And it's like um, and I feel that way about like, oh, you know, like the consequences of not properly maintaining that hardware um, is uh you know, we 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 see um, we we see the effects of that, right? Um, and by the way, notice that I did not say hardware, pipe, or server because the sentence <laughs> the sentence stands either way. Is that um, yeah, it's really hard to maintain a lot of those servers. It's really hard to maintain this many thousand miles of pipe. It's still your job, and it's like. I, I I don't I don't know like it's 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 yeah some you know sometimes this stuff is complicated and it's hard we still have to do it it's still our responsibility and um you know it's it's your responsibility to you know it's not it's not you know colonial didn't put the ransomware on their network but it is their responsibility right so it's i don't know it's it's one of those things to Ultimately, me where yes it is their responsibility right. just like any employee who does any action right it's organization's responsibility to clean that up obviously yeah. you know you're trusting your team and your employees and whoever clicked on the message or wherever the origin was i'm sure they know by now they you know they are responsible to take care of that how they did it i don't know could have played a shakedown company i really don't know how it went down we'll probably never know the whole story until you know, six months from now or something. Like that. Right. But I, I think we're a little bit opposite on this point. I think my point was I see organizations investing in things that make them money and avoiding things that cost them money. 
So like I'm not I can't seem I I really have tried. I can't seem to get there where you are in the pipeline break analogy because they lost money because they sell gas. And if the gas breaks and leaks, that's money they can't make. So I, I think that that was just an accident, I guess. But not investing in security technology to control the ransomware is to make more money. Like that was obviously to control costs. Right. At some level, that was could have been negligent to the IT department when you don't have updated AV software, when you don't have these things in place, that is that is spending money to that's not spending money in order to make more money. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah, I no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't. That's why I can't get there on the analogy. I see companies not to, to, to my point about the guy who said unless it sells more widgets, I won't buy it. That's somebody trying to just make money. Right. And not protect the organization and the clients and the employees that are inside of that organization. That is truly just a money making thing. I, I, I don't think money should be wasted, I, but I, I and I don't think that it's just about buying another another appliance or another thing that detects another thing. Like, I don't believe you need to have a purpose built appliance for every single thing on a network. I don't believe in that philosophically, but I believe in strong policies that are around do the basics really well yeah. and get your network in shape. Yeah. Right. Supplements are fine and there's reasons for them. And but at in the end of the day, you got to put in the work to do the basics really, really well. And that's what security assessments always uncover is you're just not doing the basics. You're not patching your servers. Yes, you don't have this one thing that you may want, but you don't you you may you but you got to roll it back. You got an internet exposed exchange server that's not been patched since 2013. Like, man, you are just asking for it. Right. <laughs> right. But, but we're going to stop using it soon. <laughs> right. We're going to stop using it soon. Like, oh, we can't. It's, we it's can't been 2013. So uh, <laughs> we can't patch that 20 year old, you know, record system because the the officers don't like to use microfiche. <laughs> right. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is an issue. So here's what we can do to to work around that. And there's all solutions to work around that. You can segment it off. You can do any number of things. But identifying that risk and pointing it out just means that you have to then okay deal with it. All right. Yeah. If yeah. you went to the doctor and he says you have you have high blood pressure, are you just going to go home and live your life the same way, or are you going to address the problem through medicine or changing your diet? You got to do something. It's not the doctor's fault. It's not the tester's fault. This problem right. existed. Yeah, and it's a result of your organization's decisions. So now we have to deal with it. There's no shame, no guilt, no whatever. Right? We're not we're not judging you. Right. We're just saying this is, this is a situation, man. We see this or different situations every week. Everybody's got issues. Yeah. Every cyber tech company's got issues, right? So RSA got hacked. There's a great podcast series out right now about the RSA breach. Um, and um, I would highly recommend it. Um, but there's a lot of those things out there. Like, yeah, these, these things happen. But bringing them to light actually makes the rest of us safer. I, I really hope whatever happened at Colonial becomes a story, maybe like a book or of some sort yeah. or some small book or an article, because I think deep diving into what happened could really help organizations. Absolutely. Better defend against it. Not talking about it 
doesn't do you any good. Like it's done, man. The damage is done. We couldn't get gas to North Carolina, not because of them so much, but mostly because of the panic. Yeah. But <laughs> that ensued. But the, regardless, the situation happened, and we all got gas, and nobody died, and, and everything was everything was fine. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a, that's 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 probably that's probably the best takeaway from something like this is that, you know, you, you hope that someone does a deep forensic analysis on what happened. And, and yeah, like a book or a podcast series or something. And that information all gets out there because, um, you know, th- then it then then, it you know, it's it, it sticks in people's minds better of like, oh, well, don't want to don't want to do that because this will this will happen. We have seen it happen. So. We didn't do the incident response on it, and we are nothing more than talking heads, talking, yes. discussing the issue. We don't know, but every no other podcast out there, by the way, doesn't know either. There is a reason of what happened, and I hope that the people who were involved in the incident response, whether that whatever company that was, CrowdStrike or FireEye, whoever was involved, I hope they work in coordination with Colonial to bring it to light. But I also hope they work in conjunction with UPMC to bring that situation to light. We need to talk about these things more. There should be panels at Black Hat and RSA and DEF CON that just is the people like, hey, man, we were the IT people in charge of that ship. Here's how right. we fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that would be so much more helpful than sitting here pontificating on theories over what happened at Colonial. It is important to discuss. I'm not taking away from what we're saying, but I'm saying don't take what we say, folks, as like what happened. But yeah, we do know that unpatched servers are one of the reasons. Opening up emails, the lack of user training is another reason why these things take place. Right. Not right. following the advice of security experts. Getting security advice from from system administrators is not the way to do it. And by the way, if you're a system administrator who's interested in security, give us a call because great system administrators make great cybersecurity people once you make that conversion, but it is a different skill set. Yeah. It can be complementary. Yeah. There's a reason why pitchers don't bat in both leagues in baseball. Be a specialist. Not that, bat? not that American League DH crap. <laughs> pitchers don't bat? I thought everyone bat. No, pitchers bat no. nationally, they don't bat in American League. Interesting. Except for the uh, pitcher from Japan. Um, yeah, unless you, unless you play for the Angels and you can hit more home runs than anybody else in pitch games. So. <laughs> Otani. I'll get there. I'm working my way up. Right now, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just on the AAA <laughs> circuit, just following the Charlotte team. It's the... <laughs> you got to throw someone. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. Uh, we uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed talking. Um, if you have a question, a comment, or uh, something you want to hear us discuss, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us at podcast at jscmgroup.com. Again, that's podcast at jscmgroup.com. Um, if you want to leave a comment, do that. If you want to like it, do that. If you want to subscribe, do that. Or don't. I'm not your mom. I can't tell you what to do. But Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you or hear from you next week. Bye, guys.